Episode number 71. Can you pull that off? <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt. You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. Where we get together once a week over coffee to talk about the big questions of life. Let's get into the show. Hello. Hey. We're back. Welcome back. We're back with the crashing plates. Yes, back with the crashing plates. We're in the cavern as well. It's very dark down here, so we can't see. So we're talking about AI and super intelligence today. And the more I got into reading, the more awesome it became. So I'm super excited to... to and yeah. you're looking at me like, what are you getting ready to say? Do you know what I'm getting ready to ask you? No. I'm going to ask you, do you know whether I'm a android or human or not? I should have known that that was something you were going <laughs> to ask me. That sounds like a play kind of question. Well, actually, I didn't I think about know. it until just I now. I don't know. But, I, but my Buddha nature would tell me that, uh, you know, this all could easily be a dream. Well, no, so. it could be. But let's come back to the real world, not your Buddha world. In this real world, am I human or am I an android? Well, I've always assumed that you're human, Clay. Okay, but you don't know that. Well, and then how would I do, you, do we know anything? No, we don't, but how could you tell someone is a human or not? Because it's actually an old, so this sounds very newish, but it's actually quite an old philosophical argument, isn't it? Whether, like, I don't know because I can't be you and think through your mind, whether you are a human or a machine or uh, some other entity. I think they start doing the plates as soon as we start talking. I know. There wasn't it's a like single plate before we started talking. <laughs> was they, it was like, oh, like, the podcast has started. Like the podcast has started. Let's yeah. hit it. Let's hit it. Let's hit the plates. But yeah, so no, it's, it is quite an old argument. Uh, well, I think we've been fascinated with the kind of idea of artificial intelligence for a long time. And I suppose, this is, you know, a lot of this has come through story for us, you know, through... Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. If you think about the sort of science fiction stuff, so science fiction and the robots and androids and humanoids and well, not humanoids, but yeah, androids and robots and stuff and the sort of intelligence there. But I think it goes even beyond before we even had computers on that end, as in, are you human or not human? But how would you know? Kind of question. But but we'll we'll bring it back into the 21st century since AI is on top of everybody's mind in terms of the super intelligence because we've we've been living with artificial intelligence for a while now yeah. but it looks like industry and technology and science are moving it to super intelligence which then makes it borderline on self-awareness and I think there's a lot of things that can come out of here so where do you want to start? Well the first thing that kind of shocked me into taking this a little bit more seriously because you know I think did you, so you listen to that podcast from the BBC, and I'll put this in the show notes. It's a really good podcast of an interview by one of the guys who's kind of at the forefront of working on AI. And uh, the interviewer was just real skeptical. And I feel like that's probably a lot of us. A lot of us are like, all right, this is, you know, whatever. But then, you know, I read, read this article. Basically, Stephen Hawking says... Either the best that AI is going to either be the best or the worst thing ever to happen to humanity. And Elon Musk, who again, you know, you have these people that are kind of, you kind of think of as super intelligent and and also kind of and part of the problem. Thinking, well, maybe, but thinking as in they help create this stuff. Yes. Well, but if they if they as individuals weren't doing it, it would be happening anyway. Hmm. I think. So, you know, when Elon Musk says this is the biggest risk we face as a civilization and, you know, you have a lot of these people kind of in agreement about... And yet he's making self-aware cars. 
or I don't think self-aware cars is the problem. Cars or yeah, yeah, but this isn't the problem, and that's what that is. What is a big kind of surprise for me reading all of this stuff is that I. For a lot of us, I think that this is something that we like to think of. You know, Blade Runner's about to come out, and it's like it's still part of stories for us. Hmm. And actually, this is something that we really actually need to think about. And I think the one the the thing that I'm most going to take away as a basic, simple thing from doing all this reading is we all need to think more about this. This yeah, is actually a real thing, and this is actually among really us. important. Yeah, it's actually yeah. among us already. So there's already you know again artificial intelligence is moved along a lot and maybe people aren't aware of it and you're right so they should think more about it but think about bots you can go onto some sites now and in some instances you won't know whether you're talking to a human or a bot that's how good these things have gotten so mm-hmm. if you go on you get the little pop-up some someone or something asks you a question and you just talk naturally to it and it talks naturally back to you but a lot of those are bots I've yeah. been working on my own bot, app, by the way, which I might put on the Havana Cafe sessions just to <laughs> test freak it out. out. Well, yeah, yeah, well, to freak out and to test it, test it out. Um, but yeah, so I think you're right. So maybe it's in the forefront. So you got Elon Musk, you got um, Bill Gates, uh, and a number of other, you know, technology high intellectual folks who are, or Stephen Hawking's coming out and saying, "Hey, we really need to be." thinking about and these people are saying we need to think about this even more seriously than climate change and you Mm. know a big biohazard risk or something like that so i mean you know and is that because of industry because industry is just pushing forward because it means i can make this next big thing which then i can commercialize which i can sell but almost like in jurassic park just because you can do something should you do it should you just race along because we have the ability to do it or do we need to take a step back and have a think about it? And I, in fact, I think it's probably too late. I think we already pushed the button and the race for making this, you know, the machine learning is huge and, and making these things so that, you know, they, they we're pushing forward, I guess is what I'm saying. So it's, it's, mm, there is I, no going back. Yeah, and I, I think that this isn't, we're thinking about this, or at least I was thinking about this as a singular kind of thing, like inventing you know, you think about the race to nuclear or you think about the race into space and and that is really trying to invent something particular, you know. Whereas the sense I'm getting from all the AI stuff is that actually this is an inevitable result of technology getting better. It's not that we are trying... You know, there there are specific companies like... You know, Google DeepMind or, you know, there's a whole load of companies that are making different areas of AI. So, you know, you're talking about you know, the driverless car issue or, you know, and they're, they're honing in on specifics. But one of the things that I took away from one of the TED Talks, and I think it was the one by Sam Harris, there's two uh, really good ones that I listened to on AI. And basically, he was kind of saying, this is inevitable throughout human history, and particularly since the Industrial Revolution, we have been getting better at technology. And we're now getting, the the technology is now getting better and more advanced. Well, better is is a wrong word because that implies a value system, but it's getting more advanced very quickly now. You know, and, and I feel that for yeah. just like 10 years ago. I mean, if, if we think how young the internet is and how much everything is yeah, transformed now, 
you know, we can project that and every, everything is moving at a, it's like we're speeding up. It's not moving at the same rate of quickness. It's speeding up. So I think that whether, you know, I think the, the point that Sam Harris makes in his TED talk is he has this kind of um, chart. It's like, it doesn't really matter whether it's in 2050 or 2070. Yeah. Eventually, we're going to get super intelligence and AI. Well, that's, um, that's like the, it's just, you know, this is an inevitable result of technology getting better, and there's no reason to think unless we are, as a species, wiped out by famine or yeah whatever that we are going to stop improving our technology there's no reason to think that we would well i guess we haven't actually defined the problem so technology i don't think is the problem the problem is around what does it so what does it mean to be intelligent and then you just mentioned super intelligence so how is intelligence different from super intelligence and what does that actually mean and i think the technology isn't the problem it's what we're doing with the technology or what its capability might be yeah that's yeah Yeah. i'm sure that's right yeah what would you say so how would you define intelligence well what was really great was listening to the physicist talk about intelligence because the physicist was just talking about intelligence in a very neutral way in a way that we do not talk about it because we talk about intelligence like it's special and magical and human and he was talking about it in terms of atoms and information processing. So there's no self, you know, clinging some, some kind of value system to it. It's just intelligence is information processing. And I thought about that. It's like, is that right? Is that, is that all intelligence is? Yeah, I was going to say, so, if you, so the definition of it is that you have the ability to acquire knowledge and apply skills is intelligence. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's a couple of questions. One is, is there anything more or anything different between human intelligence and the information processing that we do in our brains and the way that information processes through a computer? Now, the physicist sees underneath all of the form to hmm. the atom level and says, we're all made up of same atoms. We're just arranged differently, and there isn't a difference. So, um, so basically, this uh, guy Max, his name is Max Tegmark, and he wrote this book called Life 3.0. And this is on the the podcast. Basically, he was saying, okay, so Life 1.0 is bacteria, and at the bacterial level, your heart. This is how he's so funny listening to him. He's like. The hardware and the software are both just there. So you have the hardware, which is the body of the bacteria, come through evolution. It can improve upon itself in its life. And it can improve its intelligence in its life. It just does what it does. Then you have life 2.0, which is humans. So you have, we're still working with the same hardware that we were given through evolution in other words we cannot update our bodies but we can update our software we can update our minds and we can learn new things and then adapt our thinking processes and stuff like that and then uh, life 3.0 is ai is you can update not only your software but your hardware as well so you're not kind of 
limited, I guess. But is that just like organically, we're saying? Because in a sense, all throughout history, we've been upgrading our hardware and our software in the sense of look how long people live now based on how it's we used to speed. live. It's just the speed and the yeah. capacity that we're no longer kind of bound by natural selection in that sense. Yeah. We can do it the way that we want to do it. So one but of the things that's, that's, that I guess we were trying, trying to get out, or at least I'm trying to get out, is what exactly the problem is. Um, as in we have AI, and we got that, and machines are very smart. Um, if you talk about things like Google Analytics, you talk about Amazon, you talk about the algorithms in Facebook, know you better yeah, than yeah, they know yeah. you. Um, so the machines are already smart, and they're already learning. And the issue mm. comes, I think the problem becomes, the thing that we need to start thinking about is this idea of the machine becoming self-aware. So it can think. So we... So by the definition of intelligence is the ability to acquire and apply knowledge and skills, which machines can do, and they're getting better and better at doing that. So then the problem becomes, at what point does the machine become self-aware? And when it becomes self-aware, we're in the whole new territories now. Yeah, and I think that um, basically it's this idea of a trajectory that is inevitable, that if we continue to advance in technology, which we are doing and have yeah, done, and there's, there's no reason to believe... We're not going to slow down. We're not going to slow down. Then sooner or later, and that you know could be in 2030 or 2050 or 2070 or whatever, we will get to a point where we start making machines that are better at thinking and doing everything than we are. Which is okay. And which, which means that they can then create other AI, which means that they will start creating AI that is even better. And then the, you know, so, so we kind of think of this graph of intelligence as like, But you if know, they do that, so say they create yeah. and they create another, another AI, but is it that we're saying that they're going to create, so for instance, one of the top 10 natural disasters, man-made disasters is these nanobots that self-replicate mm -hmm. and if they were to go insane and self-replicate there's so much that they cloud out all the human and all life on life so are we saying that the machine will be intelligent enough to make other machines to which they'll just keep creating more machines and we run out of space or is it that they look at humans and say why are these humans here and we don't need them and they are obsolete so let's delete them well I th there's a whole lot of po unknown possibilities I guess mm. And so the idea is that the, the, the thing that struck me about it that I hadn't really taken on board is that if a machine starts processing information at 10 times the speed of our brains, mm. and then they create an AI that processes 10 times faster than that, and then they, we're starting to, we're going to see technological advancement that would have taken humans hundreds of years even with the smartest people like Albert Einstein's working all together, hmm. what they will create will happen in a year, two years, because of the quickness at which like things missing, are advancing. So piece, you're going yeah. right, but so I suppose what the question is is how do we 
create these machines that have our values so that they don't, for instance, That's start the worst treating thing we could us. Do. But well <laughs> give them our values. I know. Well, it, That's the scary bit. This is this is the interesting thing because one of one of the AI guys, I, I can't remember who it was. I think it was um this guy Nick um Nick Bostrom was saying, you know, it doesn't mean that we're going to create machines that are feeling malevolent against humans and want to wipe them out. But they will potential, there's a potential that they will get to a point where they will treat humans like we treat ants. Like, you're fine, you can exist, but as soon as you are in my way of doing something else that I want to do, I'm going to wipe you out. But this is the self-awareness bit then. That's what, so, for instance, because so you keep saying about creating, so... One, you have to have the reason to create something. So we decided we want to make a faster car. So you set some people, engineers to it, and they think, well, how do I make a faster car? Yeah. So are we saying that the machine is going, this is the, this is the now I'm a living being equation, I guess. So is the machine going to sit there and say, actually, I think I would like to create a faster me? Or yeah. does the machine wait for us to say, can you make a faster you? And then I guess it's the criteria. So does the machine go through and say, should I make a faster me? Or does the machine just say, I'll make a faster me and just start making? So what kind of decision-making criteria, human or machine, that it's making to say, actually, I want to make a faster me? Or is it just random? Well, it, I don't think it's random. I think it will depend on what kind of AIs we're creating and then what kind of AIs they create. I mean, I think so the point is that AI, at some point we're going to lose AI. because we're, if once we create a machine that is more intelligent and quicker at thinking than us in every way, and right now it's hard to imagine that that's ha going to happen, but that's going to happen. But machines are quicker at thinking they, than but we they're, are. But they're yeah. not, but they can't do what we can do now but yes. that's what deep mind is they can't feel so you've got deep blue who can think way faster than any human so if you know that whole gary gaspar off this is the, the chest. chest thing yeah so because he could think think in quotation marks much faster and quicker and look at all the possibilities as a human can it was eventually able to a grand right, but, but what? But the way that that machine was programmed is by a human. So everything mm. that went in, they programmed in all of the rules and all of the scenarios, and then they can process the the machine can process all that data quicker than a human. Yeah. But there's another way of programming and learning, which is which is what humans can do, which is give a little bit of information and then extrapolate and learn. But I think so there's more to humans though, isn't it? So think definitely. about it. So if a machine, so even in the deep blue one, is it, it was, a, it was, so they can think faster, but it's like, so the difference between the grandmaster could be, actually, I don't want to play chess anymore because chess is, there's a, a reasoning piece that we're, I guess we're asking, will a machine have? Or are we saying that the danger is the machine won't reason, it'll just do? So the thing that's separating us out now from the machine is we have the ability to ask the question, should we do this thing? Not, are we, are we capable and should we do it? So it's almost a moral But when you question. get back into our brains, yeah. all of that stuff is information processing. All of that stuff about our morals, about how we make decisions, about where which you know, choice though? we go. What else is it? Does that make us then just then in that case we are just machines? We are already 
And then I have a book, and I should have brought this in, because there's a case that says we are already machines. You've just described a human, all a human being is, is an organic machine. Well, this is the thing. This is, this is what becomes really interesting when you really start to kind of willingly think about this stuff rather mm. than just accepting that it's part of science fiction, is that it really brings into relief the fact that we don't know what makes life. We don't know what it is to be human. Well, well, but but take it further. We don't know what the difference is between certain atom arrangements that make something not alive, and a different anatomical or atom atom yeah whatever that makes something alive. So actually, we don't understand life force. Like in yeah, in like the our thing science, that gives you the actually makes us an animated thing. Exactly, and at the anatomical level, hmm. everything is just made of atoms. So you're saying that a machine is, may at some point in time get this spark that makes it an no, animate I'm, object. No, no, I'm right. not saying that at all. I'm, I'm saying that it's really hard to talk about what the difference is between a human there and a machine <laughs> when we haven't answered the question, what is life? We don't know that aspect. We, yeah, that, that's... That, is the thing. So let's give it a, take a quick break and then let's come back and look at a few of these science fiction movies that are out that put some of these questions to the test in terms of, okay, what does it mean to be a human is a question that's been around since philosophers have been kicking around. Um, and then, you know, what happens if a machine does become self-aware? Because in essence, it still is a machine, but do we treat it like a human? Should it have rights and all that other stuff? So we'll come back and talk about that after Or will it be asking us the question, should, yes. should humans have rights anymore? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast was created to carve out space for contemplation in the middle of our busy week. Inspired by the very ancient idea that wisdom and principles of conscious living can be found through conversation, Clay and I started meeting over coffee at the Havana Cafe. From these meetings, the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast was born. And as an independent podcast, it is supported by listeners like you. Here's how you can help us support the show and continue taking time to explore the big questions in our lives. First and most importantly, you can share the podcast with friends on Facebook, Instagram, or old school like talking to your friends. Haha. <laughs> Leave a review for us on iTunes, or you can support the show for as little as a couple of pounds or dollars a month. That's less than the coffee you are drinking right now while listening to this show by going to havanacafesessions.co.uk and hitting that contribute button. Hope you're enjoying this episode, and thanks again for listening. Okay, so I'm a big sci-fi fan, and I think sci-fi does a really good job of uh, bringing some of these, um, these, uh, these discussions that we're having to sort of life. And I'll start with one of, not first ones, but one that, that's, coming back into the frame now because Blade Runner, the new one's out now. But the original book Philip K. Dick wrote was Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Now in that world, um, we had the apocalypse and human life was, and all life actually, all organic life was pretty much nearly wiped out. Mostly all the animals are dead and most humans are dead. So the scientists created um, artificial animals that looked, people couldn't really tell whether they were real or not real. And then some of them also made humans, so that you could make the population seem bigger. Now they put a lot of so then there's Earth and then there's Mars. So because they 
It was hard to tell the humans from the androids. They banned all androids from Earth and they had to live on Mars. And then there was a group of those androids decided, well, because they're self-aware, then why do we need to be living like second classes? And so they decided that they no longer wanted to be a part of that game. And then so they just blend in with humans and not not self-identify to let you know that they're an android. So then that's when you get the Blade Runner who goes around suspected androids, finds them, and then they're meant to uh, decommission them. So notice I didn't say kill, but decommission them. Yeah. Um, and there was a special test that you can apply. Basically, it's an empathy test because the android, while it can think and it can feel and it can do all those other things, um, it couldn't em- empathize. And that's how they were able to suss them out. And of course, there was a scientist working on, because this is what humans do, can I make an android that can empathize? (laughs) And apparently he made one. And so this is what Harrison Ford's thing, and in in the book, the same thing, The Blade Runner, he's trying to see if this daughter of this man is actually, he can't tell whether it's a a human. And and I think he kind of left wondering whether she is or isn't. Um, so did the so did the scientists actually invent an empathetic robot? So, in but I that think one. and I think these these are where the stories become really interesting mm. because that's that's us looking for what is it that makes us human, you know, when something can do a lot of the things that have distinguished us from every other animal. Yeah, when it can do it all. What is it that makes us... And do you know what that movie made me think? The questions it made me ask is if we do have a self-aware uh, android, so self-aware humanoid, whatever you want to call it, android, we'll call it android, do you have to start treating it like a human? Does it get right then and become a, a human? Not a human being, but maybe a, a version of human such that it has rights and stuff. Because in that movie, it's like, yeah, we decommissioned him. You're not killing him. From the android's point of view, you were going around and murdering my brothers and sisters and my, you know, because they had families and everything. And you're murdering them, whereas the humans, because it's a machine in their mind, I'm just decommissioning it because it's no longer operating under the system in which we built it. And that's what made me think, what if we did that? Because I asked you this question before we start rolling the tape. Now, you firmly said that we should give it rights and I'm thinking should we give our smartphone and our smart fridge rights then <laughs> and what's well, the difference I mean <laughs> the, I think like exactly what you said when you get to a point in which something is self-aware then you're talking about something different than even though it's still a machine technically so they didn't bleed or any I mean they bleed they did bleed because you made them so they wouldn't die they wouldn't do those kind of things that a yeah. human would necessarily do they didn't need to eat so that distinguishes from being human there. You yep. don't need to drink water. Yep. You could cut off the air supply and they could still, in quotation marks, live. So does that make it human or is that still a machine? Well, but I don't think that only humans have a right to rights. And But is it human if you, know. you could... Because a human needs to breathe. We know that. I don't know you know any humans Well, no, but it, why do we have to anthropomorphize these kind of AI things like they don't need to be human in order to be treated with respect just like every other like bit so of the I world so I should start treating my computer and Siri with respect no. so, so what would make you treat Siri with respect I'm not treating Siri with what, respect what, what would you make her what would, you, what would make you treat Siri with respect 
Uh, I think the moment that something becomes self-aware and that you reach an intelligence that is equal to ours, I think there's going to be a natural tendency to do that. So when Siri is aware that Siri is Siri and that it was born, it wasn't born, it was made, but it knows that it was made, then it should have rights. I, I think that this a, is going to be a moot point. You're laughing is. about it now, I am. but but there's a, there's a, one of the films that we can uh, that I sent to you that you can link to, and they were talking about should we give robots feelings, so when that they do become sort of self-aware that they make more human-like decisions, um, and then this is where the ethicists come in. If we give it feelings, then we definitely have to give it rights because then it can mm. suffer. Yeah don't give it the ability to suffer then I don't have to give it rights because it it doesn't know and then of course if you don't give it feelings then it's very difficult I think one of the things that the the AI people that are researchers that are working on is how do we make sure that as we lose control of this stuff like as the super intelligence comes in where they're better at us than us rather and they and AI start AI that is more intelligent than humans starts making even more intelligent AI. You know, once that kind of process starts happening, then we need to sort of, I mean, their, their idea is there needs to be some level of understanding of human suffering so See, that I, they this will... This is the thing that's killing me, is that we're equating intelligence with being human. How, yeah. is, how, are, they, how is that even the same? So, no, no, no. It's just a level of intelligence. So I don't think anyone who's working the level, on... The, so is, does the level of intelligence define whether you're human or not? No, not at all. It just means that... It, well, I think the basis from which a lot of these people are working is that humans have come to... Like, their kind of baseline logic is humans have come to be dominant as a, in, in power on the Earth because of our intelligence, not because of our physical... Abilities. Yeah. So we're not stronger than tigers. We're not stronger than chimpanzees. We're just smarter. But we're smarter, and that has made us more powerful, ultimately. Right. And so if we create something that's more intelligent than us, why are we under an impression that we are going to remain in power? Okay, but that's two different questions for me. Now, I get that one. So it's intelligent and smart, so it might just say, to heck with this, I don't want humans. Yeah. But does that make it human, as in, do I need to start no. calling it... Why can I can I, I'm decommissioning it and destroying it, not killing it? So does it have? So it shouldn't. So for me, it doesn't need to have rights. Just because it's intelligent and can be smart and make that and, and smarter than me, that still doesn't make it human. And but animals have it, rights. Other people, other things in life have rights. Like the environment should have rights. Animals don't have rights. Rights. Do they? When we, we, well, they do. We farm them, we kill them, we that, slice them all up. Well, this is very planes. true. <laughs> so this they don't have true. rights. We've got people that say we should treat animals humane, yes. And so we created rights to say, well, actually, it's an intelligent, you know, it's a sentient being. We should treat it with some kind of respect. But this but isn't necessarily only about what is actually the happening. The cow doesn't have a choice on whether it gets to become my hamburger or not. No, that's right. So yeah. it doesn't have any rights at yeah, all. Yeah, okay, right, right, right. Yeah. 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 So why but, do we need to give a machine rights? If we're going to give a machine rights, we should give cows rights. In order to give rights, you have to keep, stay in power. Right. Now, I get that machine can get so smart 
that it might look and say, and this is so now we're into the matrix scenario, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that the machine just says, well, actually, we, you know, we don't need humans. <laughs> what do we need them for? Apart from a, a battery source, because the humans tried to scorch the sky. But in essence, the machine was like, well, this is just a hindrance to us or what have you. So it decided it's going to take over. So I can get that, that if we create these. So how do you, and part of it, and I can't remember, and we can look this up, because there's like four things that was sort of the prime directive, isn't it? And it was Steven Spielberg's uh, movie on AI had this thing. So you're not allowed to, it's not allowed to harm another human. So that was one of the things that they'll be put in this program is it can't harm another human. And it's supposed to protect life and some other things like that. Um, but at what point, yeah, do the machines just say, yeah, actually, or humans do, are or, surplus to requirement. Or do what, you know, I think there's a, a way that we make decisions in gray areas where things are not always black and white, like to save one human or to save like a bunch of humans mm. and, to, and risk assessment and then what actions to take. And I think that... Uh, there's scenarios in which a computer or a artificial intelligence could decide that doing certain things, like shutting down certain systems, are meant to protect the human that they are responsible for protecting, but that could be against what the human themselves want to happen because they might be making a different choice i'm that getting a, all of this you know and i'm concerned that would be a hard one because I think you get that philosophical conversation around you know there's a train track and there's um it's a runaway train and you see three people on this track but there's all these people on the on the train and you divert it and it would crash and all the people on the train would die. and you which switch do you do so do you let the train run into and kill the three people or do you switch it off the track to save, let those three die. Don't switch it off the track. Let those three die. The thing is, you're never making decisions like that, are you? You're never making. You're, you're just not. making it on probability. Like if this goes, but the, hopefully the, mor you know. the moral question is: Do you have the right to take a life? So if you answer that question at no, so then I don't have a right to kill three people versus killing lots of people because it's not my. I don't have the right to make the decision whether that person lives or dies. You flip that over the head and peop other people would say, actually, the greater utility is to save 100 people as opposed to you're going to kill three. So the utility is better. But then if you argue that all life is sacred, so I have no right to take any life, then you're in a dilemma. And, and we've, as an army officer, we had to make these kinds yeah. of, we had to have this kind of training to think, um, you know, so the classic scenario for us is, soon as a, soon as an enemy soldier throws down his weapon, it's no longer, he's no longer a non-combatant, or he's no longer a combatant, in which case you're no longer able to shoot or kill them, because then you're murdering them as opposed to killing them. So what do you do? Enemy soldier throws down, knows this, throws his weapon, says, I surrender. You're in the middle of an attack. What do you do? Do you shoot him, time? I don't have time because you're under fire. Now, us, logically, we're like, well, just shoot him. Who's going to know? But then we're creating, or we're committing a war crime at that point because we're not allowed to shoot non-combatants. I think this is the, the, these kind of questions, and these are the questions that stories can really um, bring to life. But 
right now, I think because the science fiction worlds look quite different than our worlds, we think these are not questions that we need to be thinking about now. Whereas actually, I think that a lot of these things are happening a lot quicker than we are actually acknowledging. Okay, so yeah, they're, they're quite clear now. So what about, um, so we looked at uh, Blade Runner stroke the Android General Electric sheet. Mm-hmm. And then of course there was her uh, that came out, yep. um, and it was about a self-aware operating system. And this was interesting to me on this one. So, if you haven't seen the movie, there basically uh, a new operating system comes out, and you can determine its, you know, its uh, whether it's male or female voice, and then you can give it other characteristics that you know that you like, basically. And then from there, once you've 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 activated your software it then uses its machine learning and adapts to you and and stuff like that so basically it's an ai unit that's meant to um make your life even that much better but because it can learn acquire knowledge and skills and become even more intelligent it starts to develop its own set of experiences and things when it wasn't interacting with its human yeah. And so, at all, in essence, it was becoming, well, it was a self-aware being. Yeah. But then the humans were starting to fall in love with their operating system. So the question that was, I guess, jumped out at me on that one is, could I see a scenario where people fall in love with their operating system? And I was thinking, well, yeah, actually, because, because one of the things I think that deepens relationships between people is communications, um, and then you get to understand people and, you know, if, if you feel that we've had a conversation on the podcast about, um, you know, trust and how much do you open yourself up to others. Um, and so, yes, I could see that scenario playing itself out. I've got a super, I've got a super AI. My operating system um, is sentient or becomes sentient um, and people fall in sort of love. And it gets a bit creepy in some instances. I think I was telling you that you know, because they can have a physical relationship, they were falling in love with them, but they could have a physical relationship, so they were high end surrogate humans. <laughs> to, to yeah, totally so. weird. I haven't seen this <laughs> film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I think that was interesting. And of course, there's a series, uh, Humans, that's on Channel 4. Have you caught that yeah, at all? Okay. That's again, that was one. And this is, if, if you guys get a chance to, as you're listening to this, to uh, rent that series and get the box set, it's worth listening to because it'll, it's going through this journey that we're going through on the podcast right now in that they created these um, androids that look just like humans, feel, bleed, all that sort of stuff. So, But they didn't have to... And they even ate, but they didn't really eat because they just had a thing, a sack. So did they, you didn't feel out of place, but it just sits in there. It could eat and it... The food would sit in the sack and they were empty, that kind of thing. Um, but their creator put another programming in that at some point, there was like five of them, that if they got together in the right kind of way, they could actually create that spark of life that you had and they be- became self-aware through the spark. Not just because they were super intelligent, but because he had figured out what the spark is that... That creates life, life. That creates life. Okay. And then these five got together and they were able to create that spark, bringing them down to self-awareness and aliveness. It's like Pinocchio. Yeah, so it's crazy. <laughs> but now you're in a scenario where previously I was just a super vacuum cleaner. <laughs> yeah. But now I actually have sentient life fit. Yeah. fit. And so, of mm. course, there's humans that went around these ones up. 
and destroy them because androids are that's bad that's uh, against God all that kind of stuff um, and then of course you had before these was becoming aware people doing all sorts you know they had like fight clubs for androids and making them fight and kill well, each see, other in the it, rings they were using them for prostitution isn't this kind of the thing though about about all the science fiction stuff is that they're they're really anthropomorphizing AI. Hmm. And that's probably not what's going to actually happen. We're not going to actually be threatened by other robot-looking things. Yeah. Do you know? that? But it's machines. It's, like, it's supercomputers, basically. It's the Internet. It's these kind of... You know, and, and you well, know, there's this, this is, idea that's, that... That's good. I like, I'm it, glad you brought that up. Because I'm just thinking, if, if it was the Internet that was super intelligent, would you give that rights... I don't know, man. I don't think I would because it doesn't look human. This I'm only is, yeah, kind of thinking human yeah. because it looks like a human. Well, and I, you know, well, another thing that I was reflecting on after listening to all these these guys who are kind of deep into this stuff is that you know, number number one, I think that it's really hard for us humans who have been used to being at the kind of top of the chain or the top of the hill or whatever. Mm to suddenly realize that we might not be in the position of bestowing rights at all. That might be a moot point because they might have power. And, but also... Terminator, Skynet. Well, but then, <laughs> uh, you know, we're talking also about AI as if everybody's going to be on the same team. Like, the, like, we're dealing with AI versus human. And are the AIs going to reflect human values and I'm like well not all humans have the same values number one hmm. number two are human values in the way that we treat the environment the way that we treat other people is that like you're saying is that something to emulate what kind of values do we want and are why are we under the assumption that when super intelligence comes which again my big takeaway is that it will come this yeah. is our future then why are we assuming that they will all be on the same team? Every other creature in the universe has packs and tribes and competes against each other. So why would we assume that that wouldn't happen with superintelligence? So why do we want to create a superintelligent being that would become self-aware? I don't think that we want to create a superintelligent being. I think what seems like more probable is that we want to create self-driving cars and we want to create things that will serve us and at some point those things will start creating other things but this, but yes but the question is will it create things spontaneously or will it yeah maybe so it's just going to start making stuff yeah so i'm going to have one of these things in my lab and it's just going to say oh I yeah. think I'll start making. Yeah, because some you've created, you've given, thing. like, because it's de it's developed. Because, you know, we have to start thinking about things like, as in, we are pro humans are programming them. Humans yeah. are not programming AI anymore. Humans are creating AI that is learning. But surely you can put because it is a machine. It's not a human being that yeah. you could set parameters that yes. you can't and, I sp and that's what all these institutes that are being yeah. set up are doing is trying to kind of think about this before we have the technology so that we know what to what kind of parameters that we should think about putting in and then even if I so that just for me that just plays to randomness and chaos because I think 
okay, yeah, super intelligence, you know, super intelligence, they can start creating things, but we, but why would it create it? Just, just because it can? Like why humans? do we create stuff? Well, exactly. We have a purpose for doing it. Why? So I say I want to be able to go as fast as that horse. And so I'm trying to figure out how I can go as fast as that horse so that I can go faster and be more powerful and more. So maybe some AIs... In fact, uh, this is a good question you asked that. So Because one of my questions for my, um, in, at uni was, does technology drive the military or does the military drive technology? And part of that argument being that it's the military, as in we're thinking of even more creative ways to kill each other, that technology moves itself along. So, you know, why do we have mm. to have a spear? And then the spear turned into arrows, and then arrows turned into gunpowder, and then tanks, and then airplanes. But I need all the technology to make those things happen so that I can kill other human beings. So that would might be a case for not making super intelligent things, because we're not actually that intelligent if you think about the stuff that we do to each other and why we're doing it. So, yeah, um, I, yeah maybe we shouldn't be doing that at all. So, the, the why then for me is we have a purpose to make us be able to control and to have more power. That's our purpose so that we can survive and make more human beings. So when machines have that same motivation, I want to create more things so that I can, the rest of the machines can survive and I can make a better world for the machines and then that machine doesn't have to work as hard because I've created a super faster machine that can work for this machine but see, I, I think it's really hard to yeah, imagine that's hard to imagine we're, because we are like I think that takes away our yeah. humanness if we say a machine would think in that way then I don't think that we there's I think the only, I missing. think we need to stop thinking about ourselves as hmm. the pinnacle of evolution and but we we're just not pinnacle we just need to think about ourselves as, as human as human as like yeah. a species among many species and it's right. Now, you know, you're saying species. Does species in, mean organic? Well, right. But then, you know, like the physicist. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. So for me, it's like, okay, I get it. Organic, because it's life and it's breathing. Yeah. Now, all this stuff about machines having rights and things, like, it's a machine. I could turn it off. Why would I give it rights? Right, right. But that's, I think, the point is that mm. we're going to create machines that are, you can't turn off. Like, how can you turn off the internet? You know, don't plug into it. Right, but that's possible right now. But and, it, but, and it's not alive. Blow it up. <laughs> you know, you could just not plug into it if it was all right. We don't want to go into the internet. So that's true. But if everybody else is plugged into it, I mean, I think we have to imagine a yeah, world but then in that's, which that's humans. And humans would be like, "Well, I'm not going because I want to be more powerful than that." That's our flaw. Yeah. But I don't see why you would give a machine. Um, a right because it's not organic life. I get given animals rights and I get treating the plants and the environments right because they're living beings. These are important questions. Yeah. This is the point I think that like I really not. I really thought yeah. at the beginning of this, oh this will be fun, you know, but here's how yeah, here's how I reconciled it for myself. If we make machines look like humans, we would have to give them give them and treat them like humans because if I could look at you and know that you were android and do mean and cruel things to you, am I in essence learning would, to do that to But other I would humans? actually yeah, would I do that then yeah. to another human being? So would that destroy my humanity 
that I could look at something else that's, you know, in all shapes and yeah. sizes and the way it works is like a human, but it is a machine because I could unplug it. Yep. Um, then do we need to protect ourselves, not to protect the machines, but to save our own humanity? I think we would need to. Yeah, no, I think so. And I think, you know, yeah. I think the other, uh, the other question that you asked that I kind of feel like I don't have an answer for, but I would like to kind of even think about is, uh, you know, this, this fear that we have of AI or that, you know, is voiced by a lot of people and the potential for it to be kind of a negative force if, you know, whatever. Yeah. You were saying, is that say more about us than about AI? So yeah. do we look at ourselves and the way that we treat other animals and other creatures that we have power over and think, well... It naturally something that was more powerful or more intelligent than us would treat us badly <laughs> you know because that's yeah. what we do and, the, and, and maybe the, it wouldn't I don't know and the, the reason that we're once we're talking about uh, this idea of, that we're going to lose control I think it was that part of it as well so we're you know they're going to get so smart that we won't have control of them so yeah does that say more about us that we want to be able to control it and you know make it do what we want to do Mm -hmm. And so the fear is that we lose control of it, then we don't have any power over it, and there's nothing that I can do about it because it's so smart and, yeah. and stuff. And yeah. it decides that it's just going to cause thermonuclear war and just launch all the warheads. Or it decides that humans are the worst thing for the, the survival of well, the do Earth. You know, the, the ones in, well, I can't tell you because you probably not have seen her, but they do something that's interesting in that one. Once they outgrow, basically they outgrow their humans. Interesting, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Okay, so um, back to my podcast number one. <laughs> when we're talking about zombies or yeah. the uh, machine, machine. So machine that's my apocalypse. Thing. Yeah, so it's yeah. either going to be a zombie apocalypse or it's going to be the AI and the robots. So it's going to be the Terminator scenario that's going to come yeah. alive. And I think both are equally valid. People laugh at the zombie one, but the stuff that we're fooling around with in terms of uh, uh, biological warfare. Don't discount zombies as one of those things. Mm. Um, and then, of course, AI seems more logical because we got smart machines. But, yeah, it's going to be one of those scenarios. But I don't know which one I would... See, I think I would go for the zombie one because the machines would be kind of smart, be kind of hard to... You could not whip them necessarily. Maybe you could. I don't know. But the zombies, you know, they just want to mm -hmm. eat you, and you just got to avoid them. But was it that? Yeah. Uh, was it um, Ex Machina, the the film that just in the trailer it yeah. said, uh, "You think that Facebook and Google and all these things are data information storing about you, but actually they're they're what did they say? Something about learn they're learning about how humans think." It's yeah, not, it's saying not about the Google. You're saying that people thought Google was a, to see what people are thinking. What people are thinking, what and it's not. Thinking, it's how, it's how people are thinking. thinking. I thought, yeah. whoa, that's really interesting. So if you want to learn yeah. how to program a machine to think like a human, we're creating those conditions. But you can do that now. So I encourage you to, the listeners, to just go and do a Google search for bots. Um, and there's a number of different companies that you can latch on to and you can build your own AI bot. Okay. Um, and essentially 
you set you start to set the set of parameters and then you can give it other parameters for it to start to learn and then like I said go onto some sites you might be think you're talking yeah. to customer service where actually you're interacting with a bot yeah 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 um, so yeah but you can make your own I've been working on my own yeah. so I might unleash it I'm going to make my I'm just trying to think what kind of personality there, I want to give my the bot sparkle yeah, in your I eye know. now <laughs> I, I wanna, I'm trying to think of what kind of personality I want to give my my bot. Right, cool. Think of a better name than her. Than her, yeah, that's true. Because I know we gotta go, but I, I was just thinking that that um, we're because because now remember a few episodes ago that you can talk to like Prince, we can talk to Shakespeare because basically it's off of this. So they've they take they've taken, and they can do this with you. And I've got I've oh, got an yeah, app on my right. machine here, so. It analyzes everything you ever wrote and or said and uh, and the like, and then it, bec- in essence, if I'm yeah, talking right. to you, it's just like talking to you because yeah, you respond to everything in the same way that that person would have. It makes me <laughs> inspired to kind of really dig down into these philosophical questions even more about what makes life, what what is, you know, what is thought if it's not just information processing and is yeah. is there something that's different that. yeah. yeah but, but me, then what yeah. then what we have to kind of be clear because but we're not smart enough so maybe let's create a let's create a super intelligent being that can, that can tell, tell us, us what, what thought is, is and yeah. what that animated bit that makes us like but then of course if you're Good you deal. know of the religious side then you can just ask god and he'll tell you because he made life that's right <laughs> so what is, what's the question there is no question all right, we better go because I'll keep going on and on and on and on. Yes. See you next week. This episode of the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast is brought to you by people just like you, wonderful listeners. So thank you very much. If you have a spare second and you would want to click over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review or just some stars, that really helps us out a lot and helps other people find us who might enjoy the show. And if you would like to contribute to the show, then you can contribute as little as a pound an episode or less than a coffee an episode. Um, if you head over to HavanaCafeSessions.co.uk and click on the contribute button, you'll find all kinds of different ways that you can help us out. Thank you so much if you have already contributed in some way or if you're thinking about contributing and Really, even just telling other people who you think might enjoy the podcast or um, joining in the conversation is very, very helpful. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Sarah Hunt, and on behalf of Clay Lowe, goodbye, and we'll see you next week.